I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. Today, I want to welcome Marco Torres. He is the founder of marketingboost.com. Marco has helped thousands of business owners worldwide boost sales and scale their businesses as much as fivefold through the use of incentive-based marketing. He teaches entrepreneurs how to source sales and marketing through the use of value-add incentives instead of discounts. Oh, I hate discounts. Can't wait to hear more about this. His Facebook group is home to more than 27,000 active business owners who are raking in sales with his advice and amazingly affordable subscription program. But things have not always gone well for Marco, and we're going to learn a little bit more about that. I hope you will uh, kind of focus in and kind of tune out what's going on in the background. I think Marco has a powerful story for any business owner that's um, faced hard times, is facing hard times, or wants to know how to face hard times. Marco, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So um, well, you're, you're asking me to open up the the, the, the deep part of some of my history. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when we were talking a, a few minutes ago in the green room, you, you life gave you a reset. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm I certainly hit bottom. If you don't mind, yeah, I'll jump right into it. Uh, I was in the, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur. I've had successes throughout my life. Uh, by the age of 23, I had opened, uh, had five restaurants and a nightclub. I thought I'd be a billionaire by 35, but uh, didn't never quite make that. <laughs> I got into the corporate world uh, when I moved to, to Florida uh, many, many years ago. And uh, uh, was moving along fine. You know, I had a nice big home in uh, Windermere, Orlando, Florida, nice area. I had the kids in the right schools, seven cars in the driveway. I thought I was living life pretty darn good. Then 2008 hit and, uh, you know, boom, I had to lay off 2000 employees that were worked under my, my team, my organization. Uh, then I got fired. Then, uh, and I thought I was pretty diversified, actually, because I had a business of my own outside of being an employee that I ran with my wife. And, and of course, the mistake was it was in the same industry niche. So uh, before you knew it, you know, that business was failing. And uh, I tried to reinvent that business multiple ways. And long story short here, before long, uh, by, by the time 2009 came around, I, I jokingly now say that was one of my... Uh, best sales years ever. I mean, I sold my house, I sold my cars, I sold my boat, I sold my motorcycle, I sold my furniture, jewelry, you know. <laughs> it got it got real real bad, you know. I kept thinking I'm going to bounce. I'm going to come, you know, land on my feet here in another corporate job or what have you. 
and uh, there was just nothing to be found. And and before you knew it, you know, I was literally, you know, down to zero, wiped out. Uh, I had to leave town. You know, I was so embarrassed of my situation, and that I wasn't willing to to start at the bottom in my hometown. I did not, you know, I had I felt like I had my hat in my hand if I went to do some lower level position after being a vice president of a big company that I, you know, my pride wouldn't let me just take any you know, available position. And, and so I left town, I moved to a new city and moved down to Miami where nobody knew me and from Orlando. Wow. And, uh, wow. Uh, let me, ju- let me jump in. Yeah. I got a couple questions. It's, uh, yeah. one, I'm, I, you know, obviously I'm so incredibly sorry. I mean, I, I know, I know the story has ended a lot better than, that story began, so I'm happy. But what, so what? I mean, obviously, 08, 09, that was the great uh, recession. Was it, you know, was it, was the industry you were in, especially, you know, hard hit by, you know, uh, availability of uh, lending and that sort of thing? Exactly. It was all tied to the, the mortgage industry and the uh, selling of, you know, of mortgages and what have you. And so, that completely disappeared. And so you've, you know, there was, and I thought I was, you know, well set up, but it it just lasted, you know, all of 2000, 2008, 2009, and rolling into 2010, you know, it wasn't until 2010 that I would uh, got myself together with some, some partners, and we reinvented ourselves. And uh, together, we divided and conquered and, uh, started building a business based on, you know, the, what little capital we all had left in the skill sets that we all brought to the table. So wow. One, one of the well, lessons me, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just really curious about something because um, I have a lot of people that apply to be on this show that are in some form of real estate investment. You know, they, they help other be- people become rich through real estate and, and um, I was actually, I was in a, a monthly peer advisory group yesterday with somebody who is heavy in a rental property. And uh, apparently things are getting rough. Do you think, do you think other people today may be uh, poised for the same wake up call that you got back in 08 or 09? Well, I, I don't think it's as bad as that at all coming anytime soon. I hope not anyway, but uh you know, it's similar, right? Because, you know, the interest rates at, at seven and 8% are are hard to come by and hard to, you know, to, it certainly makes things much less affordable for the real estate industry and the mortgage industry, but they're still available. You know, one of the differences was in 2008 was there was no getting any mortgage of any kind for any kind of business whatsoever for quite some time. Uh, essentially, that came to a, almost a completely dead halt and um for for the, you know for the industry niche that I was in and and for many others i mean there was there was nobody was buying or providing lending uh for quite some time and so uh in that scenario and it totally wrecked that industry that i was in uh what i was i mean i was in the timeshare industry i was the marketer for one of the biggest timeshare marketers in the world and I, you know, ran the internet marketing machine that, you know, made the phones ring for selling vacation packages and so forth that uh, had to do with eventually the sale of a, of a timeshare. And 
that you know that market you know completely had no no fine no funding no financing whatsoever and so boom it was over and of course it was over for many others especially in the real estate industry today it's similar in that you know a lot of homes are are people are not selling their own properties because they're, they're if they've got an interest rate that was at two or three percent why would they 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 can't afford to sell it now and move into something else when they're to replace it they're going to be at a seven percent interest and um, so the same very similar scenario there's very little in you know very little resale of properties moving and new new construction is is probably the only thing that's still selling pretty well but so a lot of it has come to a dead halt and it's kind of slowed down the industry dramatically wow so in 2010 in 2010 you started reinventing yourself you reconnected with your partners and what what happened then well we got back into the we launched our own travel space our own travel business and we got into it in a different market completely down in Mexico and away from the U.S. market. And uh, we started there. And from there, we went globally. But we we pulled up and, you know, took our skill sets that we'd learned and everything and, and the little capital we had left. And I like to always in, in my lifetime, I've I've leveraged the opportunity to work with to have good relationships and build partnerships. It's kind of like being married. Uh, there's lessons in that that I've learned as well that I would do differently if I went to have new partnership arrangements now. But but I have always found that partnerships can can be good if the expectations are set right with everybody. And it allows you the opportunity to, you know, because you may not be able to hire somebody as skilled as yourself to to be able to afford that person. But as a partnership, then you're, you know, you're you're both looking at the upside. And if you can make sure that you're both, you know, going to put in the the time and the effort, and you both have the skill sets you're bringing to the table, there's a lot of value, in my opinion, in uh, uh, partnering with the right people where you're conquering and dividing. In our case, we had four partners, and one of us was focusing on financing, the other was focused on sales, the other on marketing, and the other on the hotel resort relationships worldwide. And we ended up building one of the fastest growing travel sites in North America at the time. And uh, uh, that led us into a company that I have today, which is which is a similar product line, but totally different uh, deal, which was what became Marketing Boost anyway. So what would you say are some of the lessons that made it possible for you to rebuild? What, what would you pass on to others? Well, the first thing, you know, when I, when I hit bottom there, uh, and I took a long time to, to I thought I was going to, you know, bounce and end up in another corporate position in no time. And before I knew it, you know, like I said, I already told the story. I lost everything little by little uh, as funds were running out. My business was failing. My job was gone. The, the, uh, and, and nobody was hiring. So before you knew it, I fell into a depression and a victim mentality, which is common in today's world where everybody's a victim, I kind of felt, you know, I had, my father had always put on me that he, because he was Hispanic, he was, you know, uh, a victim of discrimination throughout his career and life. And then I started to blame it on that. Well, maybe that's what's going on. You know, not everybody at like the company I was with got fired, but I did. Maybe it's because I was Hispanic and I started to take on the poor me mental victim mentality, which, uh, that was certainly keeping me down on the bottom of the barrel. 
uh, until I got rid of that and realized, hey, you know, I'm in I'm in the United States of America. This is the, one of the best countries in the world with the most opportunities for anyone to reinvent themselves and rebuild themselves. And but you got to have the right mindset. So I got back into the books and the motivational videos and training and back into my roots of, you know, Zig Ziglar, and Brian Tracy and and got back into setting the mindset right. And uh, that changed everything. And then it's like, okay, you know, I can make it happen again. And again, am I willing to do what it takes? Am I willing to start all over, hold the hat in my hand, as I said earlier? Am I willing to burn the candle at both ends and, and stop being the victim? And trust me, when you're late 40s and you're finding yourself at the bottom of the barrel starting all over, you might ask yourself, why me? Why at my age did I lose everything? Why am I starting all over? Why can I not afford to keep my kid in college? What? You know, it was rough. But I knew how to make money. I just needed to reapply it and managed to put that together. And, you know, years later, where we're, I am much more, uh, much more successful than I was back then when I thought I was doing pretty well and uh, set up now with multiple streams of income so that hopefully if anything were to get as crazy as it did in 2008, I would survive it by much uh, better standards. You know, you said something there that I think is so powerful. It's having the right mindset. You know, the, it's, I mean, a, a little slice from my story, a couple of years ago when I was in the hospital, I woke up one morning and, you know, it was another day where I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything for myself. I, I was in constant pain and I started going in a dark, dark place. And fortunately that only lasted a few hours before I realized what was going on. But the reason I bring that up is kind of tied to your story before you can pull yourself out, if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying you have to change your mindset. Absolutely. It won't happen with that, with, with just taking steps and taking, you know, the, even if you're taking all the right steps and the right actions, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the seven secrets or what have you. You, you still have to manifest to the universe that you deserve to have things go right for you, that things are going to come your way. And, and that doesn't happen with a victim mentality. That doesn't happen when you think everybody's out to get you. It doesn't happen when you think that, you know, the government's out to get you, the, you know, whatever, everything and everybody out there. So you've got to change it that, and, and, and look for, one, you get your mindset right, that you're not a victim, that the opportunities are there for you to be had, and that you have the, and then you got to learn the skill sets again and freshen up on, you know, do you have the ability to persuade? Do you have the power to influence uh, people and win, you know, from the, the old book of um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Napoleon Hill, you know, do you have, you know, and that happens in a combination of saying the right, having the right power of communication when when you're saying words that when you're out there looking for opportunities when you're closing deals when you're setting up business opportunity meetings and you know the resort relationships that for example that we were working on etc that people are going to even though we were starting from zero people would give us that yeah these guys know what they're doing we'll work with them you know and mm -hmm. and so it it took that setting up that mindset and then uh, having the belief system that it's going to come. It, it will come eventually if you keep knocking on enough doors and have the right mindset. You, you know, Ross Pro, of course, the uh, 
you know, the, the billionaire uh, who founded EDS systems. Do you know how many consecutive times he was told no before somebody said yes? No. 76 times. Wow. He got rejected 76 times straight. And number 77, somebody said, yes, we'll do it. Exactly what I'm talking about, you know, and um, it's it's uh, it's there to be had, but you've got to be willing to, you know, put that hat in hand if need be. And and, you know, do if you have to do what I did, I like I said, I started in a whole new town. I wasn't willing to let people see me knocking on doors, and, you know, with, from the from scratch. But I mean, I went from a corporate vice president position to commission only PR sales in Miami as one of my sources of income while I started building a business again for myself. Um, so, you know, it, even when you have to reinvent yourself, it can be done at whatever age you're at, as long as you, uh, uh, I mean, I wouldn't want to start over again at 63, but, <laughs> but I guess if I had to, I would. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of people that are a little bit uh, nervous about the economy. I mean, I'm I'm nervous. I, I I'd be lying if I said anything else. Uh, what what advice would you give for me and and for others that are looking at this economy and they're just like this scares me. Well, yeah, definitely. the The advice I would be giving anybody out there is is try you know, and obviously if it you need to plan this for years, right? It doesn't happen overnight, but you do have to try to have multiple sources of income, uh, ideally passive income. You know, in my case, a variety, but one of my favorites uh, that I thought I was better protected when back when, when I owned real estate back when, but um, you know, now it's, I like to buy, make investments with either hundred percent cash or nearly all cash rental properties that are, basic rentals, not high-end stuff, something, someone, no matter what the, I personally believe no matter what happens to the economy, there's always going to be people needing to rent something somewhere. And, uh, uh, and those are incomes that, you know, right now I barely need them. But if the, if, you know, the world went upside down on the economy again, the rental properties that I have, plus the other passive incomes that I have would, would keep me afloat without hitting rock bottom again. And so that's taken me some years to to develop that cash flow that I can invest in properties. Um, I think there's, you know, maybe they're too safe. I should maybe have some in other other sources of of investments as well. But it, the point being is that uh, uh, if you can work on ways to have a variety of incomes, not all ta in one industry niche. And that's another thing I do is I don't have them all in, in real estate again but have them outside of, of multiple sources of revenue and multiple industry niches can kind of protect you from something going on out of your control. Excellent. And from a leadership perspective, what, what would say has been your biggest lesson in your journey? Well, in my journey, one of the things that we did that uh, uh, in leadership role, I guess you might say is, is if you don't set your own, if you don't set the culture in your own business, if you're not focused on setting the culture, someone else is going to set it for you. So, you know, think about how do you want, you know, how are you going to set up a team 
that is uh, inspired by you know high performance, and how are you going to accomplish that? And it doesn't happen by accident. So there's there's you know, a lot of books and stuff on that and training you can reach out for. I think in today's world, it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. There's so much available technology. I mean, I've been an internet marketer since 1996. I've seen the entire evolution of, of online marketing. And uh, it's never been an easier time to be an internet marketer of one kind or another based on the technology available, the affordable pricing of all types of technology from CRM systems to funnel builders to uh, you name it. But there's also more competition maybe than ever. So you do need to find ways to stand out from the crowd and 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 deliver whatever it is, you know, solve provide solutions. The, the more people you actually help get what they want, like Zig Ziglar always says, then the more you're going to get what you need as well. Well, in terms of providing solutions, you know, something that that we talked about in the intro is you help people grow their business with that without giving discounts. You have incentives that not, are not based on discounts. And as a marketer, I hate discounts. I I, I think I think there's so many reasons they're they're bad and that hurts your, your business. We we have something called a first time offer, which is not technically what I'm talking about, but uh, that comes across as a discount. But I love your mission. I love your mission that you're trying to eliminate discounts as incentives. How do you? What are the incentives you're using? Well, first let me kind of define incentives. A lot of people don't quite get what I mean by incentive-based marketing. And so one example I like to talk about is Jeff Bezos with Amazon. Uh, 2005, he offered and brought out Amazon Prime. And back then, none of us were video streamers, really. We weren't interested in the video content that Amazon Prime offered, if they even offered video at that time. But it was more of a, what do we want? The incentive was free shipping. Paid $79, what it was back then, $79 for Amazon Prime annual membership, and you got free shipping. Well, that was genius, right? We all bought into that. We all got it. We wanted the free shipping. So what is it you can do to take your client's eye off of the price and focus on the prize? And uh, another example of that is McDonald's with the Happy Meal. They provide. They have thousands of families choosing the McDonald's Happy Meal over other fast food outlets with the bundle of food and the little toy in the Happy Meal gift. So what is your adult Happy Meal for your business? Uh, Marketing Boost provides, we provide a subscription model to business owners. It's very affordable. And it gives business owners the ability to offer our travel incentives, uh, complimentary hotel stays at 130 destinations around the world, hotel savings cards, good at over a million hotels worldwide, and uh, restaurant savings vouchers. And so there's from there's what I call micro incentives for micro calls to action. And for example, those complimentary hotel stays with a bigger call to action. So you might say, you know, when you purchase our Black Friday promo, you know, uh, where instead of giving a 50 percent off, say, you know, you get five nights in Cancun on us when you make take the following annual purchase and pay for, pay us for a year in advance of our services. So you can dangle, you know, get a big call to action taken care of with a dangling a big carrot of a high perceived value uh, complimentary hotel stay. Now they don't include airfare, a couple of quick disclaimers, they don't include airfare, they don't include food and beverage, they don't include government taxes and fees, and there's no 
you know, no timeshare hoops or nothing like that, to, nothing to jump through to earn or to use these vacations. Just to give uh, a quick plug on what Marketing Boost is. Thanks for letting me cover that. Yeah. And and what type of businesses benefit from that? You know, you would think that it would, they only work in travel. We certainly have hundreds of travel agents that use our uh, incentives. But we have found that these things work for nearly anything from, from business coaches to uh uh, shoot, I've got real estate agents, insurance agents, financial services, nonprofits. I've got uh, multi-level marketers using incentives for everything from, you know, anybody who does webinars, you might say, hey, you know, join us for our live event in person. We're, you know, every, every door, as you come through the door, we have numerous door prizes from complimentary hotel stays to this, that, and the other. Webinars, we're giving away a webinar at the end of the webinar to the people, the person who is the most engaged during the live call. Uh, virally using them to grow Facebook groups. I've seen people say, hey, for every 10 people you invite to join our Facebook group, about any industry that you're building a Facebook group about, for, you know, when you tell 10 people, for every 10 people you invite to the group, you had a chance to earn uh, a complimentary hotel stay, our, our grand prize we're giving away for three nights in Las Vegas and so on. So there's just, and that's what we do in our Facebook group is we teach people, we give ideas, we do, you know, brainstorming calls with our with our members and come up and give them ideas on how, how they can use these incentives to enhance whatever their call to action is in whatever industry niche. I've seen them work, whether they B2B or B2C or you name it. Well, excellent. And how do people reach you? Well, just go to marketingboostsolutions.com. You'll see a variety of the different uh, products we offer as marketing solutions and or marketingboost.com. We make it real easy to try these out and give one to yourself and test them out. Well, Marco, uh, thanks for coming here and sharing your story. I love the, you know, so daunting to go to zero and have to rebuild late in life and I would guess there are people listening that are either facing that um, or about to face that. And I hope your story story encourages them so that they can handle it more boldly as, as they move forward. Thank you for sharing that on Leaders and Legacies. You're welcome. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag leaders and legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.